0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, my co-host Lance Williams. Lance Williams, my goodness, can't talk today for another episode of The Standard is the standard. Lance, what's going on on the West Coast today?
1: Nothing much, man. But I see that our vibes are already connecting because we're both uh, black hats, black hoodies.
0: Oh, that's right. I didn't just picked up on that. That's hey, great minds think alike. That's what I always say. And so that's, today. That's scary. <laughs> uh, today we have a lot of people. um hopefully we have a lot of people in the live chat., uh, we're gonna be asking answering some questions of yours later in the show. And so we do have a couple topics to get through before that. But if you have questions, save it. Uh, make sure you always um, you I've always said you know you can use a super chat feature where you can pay any amount of money to have your comment or question up on the top and keep it there so we answer it but that's up to you if you want to use that but let's get started with a question I wanted to ask you um we talked about this a little bit on our Steelers preview show and it was the hatred going towards Ben roethlisberger you mentioned this topic on your show yeah I said it recently I I don't want to talk about that so much cuz that's kind of been beaten like a dead horse my question for you is what what do you think the Steelers should do from here on out because here we have a situation where it's not like they can just go and hide. They're going to have to answer some questions, mainly Mike Tomlin, um, Art Rooney II, and I think maybe even Kevin Colbert at the owners' meetings in Phoenix this upcoming week. They're going to be in front of the media for the first time. Mike Tomlin hasn't spoken to the media since his end-of-the-season press conference when the whole Antonio Brown situation was just getting started. Lance, how if you were advising them, how do they handle this situation?
1: Years ago, and my brother will appreciate this because I had to text him to ask what was the name of the establishment years ago when I was attending Carnegie Mellon University. Me and my brother were there. I was getting my master's degree years ago. And maybe about 10 of us went to a, an establishment out in, I believe, Washington County by the name of Climax Two. <laughs> now,
0: I can only it, I can only assume what this is.
1: Yes. Now, if any of you have gone to that establishment, you're from the Pittsburgh area, Western PA, West Virginia. I'm sure, you know, people from as far as West Virginia have gone to the establishment Climax 2. Now, there needs to be no description. So we go to Climax 2. <laughs> we enjoy ourselves. We have a good time we come back to class the following Monday. Now, of course, you know, there was a feminist that went to, that was a classmate of ours and no and no shade on feminists. Most of my aunts and all, you yeah, know, I grew up in a family of strong women I have for years. So no shade to feminists. So they, she decided to send an email back when email was in its infancy. We're talking about in the 90s, I thought it may have been called Snail Mail at the time, she sends an email to everyone in the university saying that we went to this establishment and that we objectify women, and she tried to bring scorn and public ridicule ridicule and shame to all of us who went to said establishment. My strategy, and this is what I think the Steelers should do, I sent out an email to everybody that went and said, no oxygen. Do not respond to anything that she's saying. I know you want to respond. I know you want to get on email, defend yourself. I said, but trust me, if we do, it will mushroom and it will spiral out of control. So she went on, you know, she got responses to her emails. It went on for a couple of days. In the Steelers case, it's gone on for a couple of months. And eventually, because we did not provide any oxygen, it finally went away. We all went back to class. It was what it was. And then individually, we all took her and ripped her a new one individually, not on email. So we were able to say our two cents and be able to handle the situation, not publicly. So I think if the Steelers want to take a cue from anyone in their organization as to how to deal with this situation, they should model themselves after me and my behavior. (laughs) No oxygen, but no, no, seriously. They should model themselves after Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ben ironically has shown a tremendous amount of leadership and not responding to Antonio Brown and to Le'Veon Bell's comments and keeping his focus on the season that's coming up. And I think Mike Tomlin has not said anything. I think he's keeping his focus on the season that's coming up. I think the only thing that the organization can do now is to move forward and put all their energy on trying to get back into the dance and trying to win a championship. Whatever's been said, whatever's been done, that's all that's all been done. You can't rewrite that. That's all gone. Focus on the future, focus on what you need to do to get this football team better and move forward.
0: I'd I'd love to hear more about your story of of climax too. We'll have to save that for another day. (laughs) But the one thing I have to that you have to understand though is that the media is going to be asking a lot of questions. And when they they're at these owners meetings if you've ever seen it they always they they have a meeting with the the coaches and then the next morning they always have the breakfast and you literally the coaches are sitting at a table i'm not sure if they'll eat breakfast but they're just surrounded by media cameras everywhere and you know that they're gonna i mean so you're what exactly if you're mike tomlin because i know he's going to just be annihilated with questions about this do you pull drew rosenhaus and just basically say next question Next question, not talking about it. I mean, I will say this, Tomlin's a master at this. Tomlin is a master of the, there's an elephant in the room. I'm going to address it right off the bat, and then I'm not going to talk about it again. So I wouldn't be shocked if Mike Tomlin says, is everybody ready? Here we go. I'm not going to talk about Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell because they're no longer with the Steelers organization, and therefore I will answer any questions you have about the upcoming NFL draft or about the players that we currently have on our roster. But I will not talk about anyone that is not within the organization. And then the entire media is like, yeah, what am I going to say now? <laughs> so um, how, how would you tell him? How would you advise him to, to handle the situation? Cause he's going to be asked questions about it.
1: We know Mike Tom listens to the show and I'm going to say this <laughs> coach. Did you hear what Jeff just said? That's how you answer the question. I mean, and I hate to bring these guys up as an example because I don't like to mention their name. But uh, that coach up north is how you handle it. That guy up north is how you handle it. You go into the press conference and you just say what Jeff said. Those guys are no longer on the football team. We're moving forward. We're focusing on the future. Next question.
0: So we'll see. I think there's going to be some news this week. It might not be. I think, if anything, the Steelers are are smart to follow Art Rooney II's lead, where he did a conference call with media prior to going out to Phoenix. And he basically said what I just said. And that was that they're excited about the players they have on their roster. They're excited for the 2019 season, and that's what they're going to focus on. So my guess is that all the chips are just going to fall into that same category. But speaking of... The 2019 season, um, I, I, I wanted to talk about team needs, and we're going to get to that and about the upcoming draft. And I want to ask you about free agency. But before that, I want to get your opinion on something I asked Brian and Dave on our Steelers preview show Thursday night. And if you haven't checked that out, you can go and check it out on YouTube or our, our audio p- platforms, either one. It's all about Dante Moncrief. Okay, now Dante Moncrief has the ability to play inside and outside. Let's talk about the depth chart right now. So we have we know that Juju Smith-Schuster is at least labeled as number one. I would say that there's going to be a battle for James Washington, Dante Moncrief for two, and the slot receivers are Eli Rogers and Ryan Switzer. Here's where I got into a little bit of a mental dilemma is I'm thinking to myself, okay, if they're going to try to put Juju wide out wide, And let's say James Washington uses that year that he got under his belt and he knows the offense and he performs better in his second year than he did in his first. I don't think that Dante Moncrief is the guy you want to put in the slot. That's going to be, like I said, Rogers and Switzer. Where does Dante Moncrief fit with this wide receiving core? And ultimately, how would you deploy these receivers in a standard offensive set?
1: I think I'll answer it like Coach Tomlin would answer it. I think you have to be position flexible. You have to be able to play all of the three positions. I think from a size, speed, dynamic, you put Moncrief outside. Moncrief is played outside most of the time, so he's going to either he's going to be that X guy. He's probably going to be lined up outside the numbers on either side of the field. But I think for the other wide receivers in Switzer, I, I think in Juju. Uh, Washington, Eli Rogers, all those guys have to be position flexible. They have to be able to work outside the numbers in bunt sets or in the slot. So they have to be able to work everywhere in the formation. So I think if you handle it that way, they'll, they'll be okay. But I think Moncrief is going to be the guy that's probably going to be outside a majority of the time. I don't see him running routes inside.
0: Yeah, it just seems like there's going to be an odd man out here in this situation because I assume they're going to draft a wide receiver because outside of those names that I just named, there's not much there. And I think they're going to be looking towards the future and trying to find a young, hopefully a big, speedy wide receiver. I just don't see how it's going to work. Now, what I figured out and what we kind of talked out on Thursday night was that Juju does his the most of his damage from the slot. And he's probably best at the slot so if you put him in the slot you would also you would have James Washington on as the x it doesn't matter and then the z could be Moncrief or whatever um but then you have someone's the odd man out and so if you were to let's say they do draft one wide receiver and that wide receiver is going to make the football team do you keep all those players do you keep hold a spot for Ryan Switzer as a return man or are you someone that says We don't need a a return man because we have someone like Eli Rogers that can do that job as well. Because let's be honest, kickoff returns are basically touchbacks every time anyways.
1: Uh, That's a good point. I think Switzer's job would be in jeopardy if you talk about all of those receivers. Because I think Eli Rogers is a better player. But when you look at Dante Moncrief's salary and you look at his contract, I mean, you can get away from him if you need to after one year. So I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's going to be really a big deal how he's deployed and in, in, in how many targets if he's the odd man out or any of that stuff because after the A.B. dead money is off the books this year, next year if they wanted to cut Dante Moncrief post-June 1st, uh, they would get a $4 million cap savings and they would get, take a dead money charge of $1.75 If they yeah. did it pre-June 1st, it would be the same. So the dead money charge, if you wanted to get away from Dante Moncrief, would not, be, would not be much. So I think if you draft a wide receiver early in the draft, I mean, obviously, you know, from a pedigree perspective and from a draft position, from money, all that, that player is going to get the opportunity in front of a Dante Moncrief. I think Dante Moncrief is probably a stopgap for this year, and then it's to see if we still need him next year. So how he fits in is how he fits in.
0: Moncrief reminds me of a Jericho Cottry type. Kind of been around a few teams, had some success. Wouldn't say it was crazy success, but could he find a niche on the Steelers? And and Cottry did as a red zone target. His final yeah. year in Pittsburgh, he had 10 touchdowns. And that's really all he provided. But for of the 10 touchdowns or 10 touchdowns, I don't care. <laughs> <Absolutely>, <laughs> would you take absolutely. would you take a thousand yards or would you take 10 touchdowns? I'll take 10 touchdowns personally. Um so the free agency is dying down. The, the ultimate, you know, they talk about waves, you know, the, the first wave of free agency, the second wave. I would say that the, the free agency waves are pretty much at a calm sea until probably post-draft, and the draft comes up in the end of April. Um, so there'll, there'll be some moves here there. Lance, do you think the Steelers are done for the time being in free agency? And if you say yes, what position if you were to go out and get someone? It, I'm, I don't need specific names. I'm not expecting that. But if you were to go out and try to say, hey, we need to add some depth here after the moves they've already made, what position would it be?
1: Long snapper.
0: Oh, get out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, messing with you. I'm messing with you because you guys were talking about specialists. The
0: last position of the preview. <laughs>
1: so i saw mess you with you, long snapper. And I think Dave brought a good point about the compensatory compensation and compensatory picks if if they make maybe I think is an additional move where they may not get compensation in the in returns of compensatory selections.
0: It, it depends on, there's a lot of factors. It's not just players out versus players in. It's also salary and playing time as well. So if they were to go out and get someone else, it would definitely hurt their chances of getting a third for Le'Veon Bell leaving in free agency. So he's suggesting that the Steelers don't do a thing until I think it's the Tuesday after the draft, in which case those additions don't count towards those compens- compensatory equations for that year. So he said that you know, New England does this a lot. They'll just sit quiet and they'll let everyone else pick up the pick up the, all the players that they want, and then after the draft, they'll find some players that are still out there that they like and they'll bring them in. So um, that's that's his philosophy. I'm not saying that's mine, but it does play a role because you want that third round pick in 2020 for Le'Veon Bell leaving.
1: With that being said, I think they kicked the tires on a tight end at that particular time where they can still get the third round pick. Cause I think there's still a void. You got to replace the Jesse James acquisition. And I saw, I believe they were kicking the tires on Shaughnessy from the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: They did bring him in, yeah. So I
1: would imagine so I would imagine that they kick the tires on a tight end, that they bring a tight end so they don't have to fill that void in the draft. So they bring a third tight end who can catch the ball, solid block doesn't give you much yards after the catch, sort of a Jesse James type. So I I think they'll kick the tires on that and probably bring in a tight end.
0: Yeah, I mean, the tight end I could see. um, I could even see they're they're supposed to lose Burnett. You know, they they said they're going to try to trade him if they can't find a trading partner, which I doubt they're going to find a trade, uh, someone that's willing to trade for Morgan Burnett. So maybe if there was a safety on the board that's a veteran, I'm not saying like a Nat Berry type who they picked up last year who was more just a special teams guy. But, you know, a veteran safety, um, please don't say Eric Berry or anything like that. They're, they're just going to cost too much money because that's the one thing you have to remember too is that on top of the compensatory equation, on top of team needs, they don't have a lot of salary cap space until number seven decides he wants to redo his contract, which, by the way, it's taking forever, which means what Lance – no hometown discount from big ben i hope fans aren't expecting that because his last deal it seems like he's trying to get the bag while he still can
1: and he should get the bag i mean he's put in but should he
0: should he really should he really
1: absolutely come on because look look look, man we we live in america man i'm a capitalist i don't (laughs) believe about giving discounts man look i put in the work. Hey, I'm not putting a discount when it comes to lifting weights. Well, maybe he is, and eating properly. Maybe he is uh, going back to your point from shows in the past. I hope he's not a nervous eater. <laughs> but yeah, man, come on, man. This is a, this is America. Teams make a boatload of money. He wants his bag just like those other dudes wanted their bag, and they've won two Super Bowls. He's a Hall of Famer. He's arguably the best quarterback in their franchise history. Get the bag, baby. I can't front on that. I can't front on that at I, all.
0: I guess I look at his career and say that he would be. would this be contract three for him? Not counting his rookie deal.
1: Yes. So yeah, it'll be. This will be contract okay. three for as as a potential free agent. Con- so yeah. four four, including his rookie okay.
0: deal. So he's on contract four. He's made over a hundred million dollars by this team. And if you if he's if he's honest with what he says, and that is I just want to win another title, why wouldn't you say I want what's fair, but I also don't want to bleed you dry so that you have some money to make more moves? Like that's what I don't get. If, if 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 this isn't a Le'Veon Bell situation where Le'Veon Bell wanted nothing but to get the he wanted to max out, he wanted to get the most guaranteed money. And that's what he wanted, and that's all that he cared about. And whether he says he all that BS he had in that horrible interview, I'm not listening to. He wanted the most money, and that's fine. I agree with you. Cash out while you can, especially at running back. But quarterback, Ben's already had a hundred million dollar contract. He that and he had a big contract prior to that. Why don't you just say, look, give me an average quarterback yearly rate, give me a nice signing bonus. And let's go out there. I'll give you guys some you know, we'll manage it so that next year we're going to have a lot of cap space. I'll play three more seasons. let's see if we can win a couple. I just don't get the whole I want to bleed you all dry and we're not I'm not talking discounts because I want mine, and then next thing you know, you're going to complain about what they do in free agency because they didn't add a receiver or anything like that.
1: I don't know man. I mean you just I mean, maybe he's not being truthful. I mean, that could that could be it, but you can't say that. You can't say, I want the bag. It, it's a difficult thing. If you say that, I want the bag, fans will have your reaction, and then you might be Roethlisberger, the bad guy. He wants the bag. It's a business. They understand it. They'll manage it. And, you know, I want the bag. It's, it's your responsibility to manage the roster in a way for us to win. It's my responsibility to get the bag and then, in turn, try to do the most that we can with what we have. So if they're comfortable with it and I'm comfortable taking it, uh, give me the bag. I'm not apologizing, and they won't apologize for writing him the check. So all parties want to get this done. It will get done. They'll figure it out, and uh, he's going to have to play his best football. I mean, you know.
0: Well, let me say something here because – we did the show on Thursday night. I know you listened, and, and the title of that show was Why is Everyone Hating on Ben Roethlisberger? And I don't know how many YouTube comments we had about how you all are a bunch of homers, blah, blah, blah. Look, I have said on this show, on my own show, on multiple shows, that I'm not saying that Ben Roethlisberger is a saint. I'm not condoning what he did in... Were accused of doing because I'm not judge or jury here. I have no idea what happened or didn't happen. None of us do. I'm not saying that what he did in Nevada and in Georgia were okay. I'm not saying that him driving reckless on a motorcycle without a helmet is okay. I'm not saying that he's the best leader, and I'm not saying he's the best teammate. What I'm saying is that in this situation, it just seems like everyone's piling on Ben Roethlisberger. And I think Lance is with me here because he did an entire show on how Ben Roethlisberger is not a good leader, but he's a winner. And if you want to check that show out, make sure you check out our audio platforms, which you can find anywhere that you search for uh, podcasts. just search Steelers. and You'll find our behind the steel audio platforms. His, Yeah, I said it, Joe. It's phenomenal. You should listen. But what I'm trying to say is Lance, a lot of people were constantly calling me and other hosts like Brian and, and Dave Homer's, I just want to make it clear. I just want to clear the air that I'm not saying that Ben's perfect. By any stretch of the imagination, is that human being perfect? None of us are perfect, though. I'm just saying that in this situation, what's gone down the last three months, I feel like it's been a little a little bad. I saw that message you sent me. Get out of here,
1: Lance.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. Lance is sending me messages during the, during the podcast saying, yes, I am. I'm, hey, I like Ben. I'm a Big Ben guy, but I criticized him this year. You know I did, didn't I?
1: You have. You, I brought right. that out of you. You, you have. <laughs> it's, it's taken. It's,
0: it's taken five years. She finally got it.
1: <laughs> yes, it. Has. Yes, yes, it has. No, I mean, and I, I'm sure people who are listening to this show are like, "Wow, Lance is actually supporting Big Ben." I mean, so I'm I'm sure they're surprised, but I have no issue with Ben trying to cash out. And get that bag of money. And and I'm going to talk to Ian. I'm going to ask Ian Whetstone, if you guys don't know, Ian Whetstone is probably the best dealer capologist, you know, on the web outside of Omar Khan. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to ask him how much Ben has made in salary or over the course of his career. And, and Riddle me this. I think it's probably closer to 200 million dollars. I think oh, it's yeah. way north of 100, that it's probably close to 200 million. But, you know, we're we're in an industry where, I mean, I don't begrudge football players ever. You know, they can come out of this game with CTE. So when you play a game like this where you can literally lose your mind as a result of a medical condition, you should get the most money that you can. And think about this, Jeff. Uh, Mike Trout is oh, getting yeah. $430 million for yes. a 12-year deal, and he's probably gotten over $150 million already. Guaranteed
0: so, money, man.
1: Guaranteed. <laughs> and so when you add it all together, he's probably going to get close to $600 million in salary over the course of his career. Hey, man, get that money, man. I am not mad. Don't hate the player. Hate the game.
0: Guaranteed money. Like that's, that's insane to me, but you know, you bring up CTE and the players playing the game and I get that. And I understand that, but you know, I'm from West Virginia and a lot of my kids that I graduated high school with, you know where they work now, Lance? Uh,
1: I can imagine.
0: They go to the coal mines. I'm being a hundred percent honest here. There's a bunch of coal mines where I'm from and they go down underneath the earth and they're working the coal mines every single day. And you know what? They know the risk that's involved with that. With black lung and all the other stuff that happens, it's not to mention the fact they could be trapped. It's not my line of work. Trust me. I'd rather be sitting here talking about the Steelers. But anyways.
1: You're too pretty for that.
0: And thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so here's the, here's the point. You know, I mean, when, when the kids that I graduated high school with, they signed up to go work in the coal mines, they knew there was risk involved they don't True. get paid millions and millions of dollars. And so I, while I understand what you're saying that there is a high risk of injury, I'm not sure if I'm going to use that as an excuse that you should be cashing out and getting more than, you know, everyone else because everyone that signs up to play football knows that there's a chance they get hurt. So, True. I can um, see that
1: perspective. I can see that perspective. Yeah. They'll work it out. They'll work it out. You know, his responsibility is to be paid what he thinks is fair. Their responsibility is to manage the roster. His responsibility is is then to take those groceries, particularly on the offensive side of football, and make a souffle. Well, maybe in your case, some quinoa. Yes. Uh, yes. A you know, nice little quinoa <laughs> avocado salad. Um, you know, I don't. Or maybe avocados are bad
0: now. No, 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 I'm no, not no. Sure. no. They're good. They hate, now, them. here's here's the thing too: is is fans want to be pissed about? the price tag. They want to be pissed about Le'Veon Bell and how much he's getting, even though we all talked about that deal before. They want to be pissed if if Ben Roethlisberger cashes out and gets a huge deal. You know who you should be pissed at? It's not Roethlisberger. It's not the Steelers. You should be pissed at teams like the Baltimore Ravens for giving Joe Flacco a ridiculous contract. You should be pissed at the Detroit Lions for paying Matthew Stafford out the wazoo. Be pissed at the Minnesota Vikings for giving Kirk Cousins so much freaking guaranteed money. Do you know what that does to the market? boost it up, and now all of a sudden you get a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, which, as you said, Lance is a future Hall of Famer, and he's like, look, I I, I, I should get what I'm worth. And if you look at what these guys are making, I'm worth more than them. And that's going to complicate things, and I think that's one of the big uh kind of the points that's kind of uh, holding up negotiations, we'll say. I think a deal is going to get done, but it's hate on oh, yeah. those teams for giving out those bad deals.
1: And In- Coach, Contrary to popular opinion, Tom Brady did not take a discount on this last contract. He did not take a discount, and that's been poorly reported. He did not do that. And I'm just saying that just in case some people in the live chat might be saying Tom Brady took a discount. He should do like Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't take a discount. And quarterbacks don't, and, and you expect that. But going back to the Kirk Cousins deal, the big thing about that deal, which was so problematic, was that it was 100% guaranteed. Yep. Not only was it a huge contract, it was a hundred percent guaranteed. So that's new. That that's a whole new uh, set of details and issues that they have to deal with, particularly when it comes to quarterback contracts.
0: Wow. Well, not only that, I mean, what's insane is we talked. You talked about Mike Trout, and that's guaranteed money in Major League Baseball. Look at the contracts for these NBA players that are bench guys. They don't even play every minute. They're not even starters, and they make more than some of the the highest, the best NFL players in the game. And the NFL, I hate to say this, but when their CBAs up, you all should expect a holdout. Period. And it might be a, a lengthy one because. The NFL is by far the most profitable and the most popular game in our country, and yet the players are probably treated the worst contractually compared to everyone else. But I digress. I don't want to get into that too much. That's maybe for another show. Here's my question for you, Lance, as we start to gear up towards the NFL draft coming up. The Steelers have 10 picks. 10 picks. I'm going to put an over-under on actual picks made by the Steelers. You tell me if you think it's going to be over or whether it's going to be under. I'll say... Uh, seven.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna say over.
0: So you don't think they're gonna be trading away a lot of picks in this draft? You think they're just gonna take their players?
1: I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say eight. We were basically okay. around the same. I'm okay. gonna okay. say eight. I think they're gonna leverage two of those picks. I think they're gonna do something that they haven't. They don't do typically. I think they're gonna leverage two of those picks to move up to get one of those Devins. I don't know if they'll do Devin White. But I think if Devin, if Devin Bush is in play, I think they'll move up to, to get Devin Bush.
0: You know what they'll have? You know what they would have to give up to get Devin White? There's people saying he's a top ten pick.
1: Yeah, I used to do the draft calculator. That's a great tool out there. Where um, I don't know if uh, Gil Brandt was the guy who created the draft math calculator, where it puts a number value on picks and how much you might have to move from your draft selection to get to that selection. So it's just simple addition. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think that they can move into the top 10. That would probably cost three to four picks. That would probably cost, like, their first, their second, a third, and something else to move all the way up into the top 10 to do that. But I think they'll move aggressively to get Devin Bush. And I, I still think inside linebacker is a position of need. I don't think Mark Barron, I think he's the short-term fix. I don't think he's a long-term solution. So I still think that is their biggest need on the defensive side of football and I think on the football team as a whole.
0: So you just said inside linebacker trumps all in terms of team needs entering the draft. What would be second for you? Like, uh, Give me your top three in order. um, Team needs entering the 2019 NFL draft. If inside linebackers won, what do you have number
1: two? Corner. I'd and say then, inside okay. linebacker corner and then I would probably say wide receiver.
0: Okay. I think you can argue with um a lot of different positions. Like I could even I could make an argument that wide receiver is, should be number 2 um for obvious reasons, but I see what you're saying. What is a position that would that you could see like what would be a surprise position that the Steelers would take in round 1 that would stun everybody, but you could make an argument that it could happen.
1: I was going to say long snapper, but <laughs> then, you added, then you added the caveat. Uh, and uh, I just, just thinking back at you guys last show, Dree Archer, that was pretty oh. funny. We were talking about Dree Archer as well. So I think an offensive lineman in round one would be a total shock. I think it would be a total it would be a total shock, but you could justify it in the sense that he's the heir apparent for you know, maybe Ramon Foster that eventually leaves, or it's a guy that plays a swing tackle where you bring that person in to play the right tackle position because you have an aging quarterback and you want the most talent and you think you can get a lot of value out of the tackle position. So you solidify your offensive line even more knowing that you're going to have to score and you're going to have to be versatile and having a great offensive line allows you to do that, even making it better than it is. So I think you could go offensive lineman, which would be a shock, but they could justify it.
0: I think that if any offensive position, not, not titled wide receiver would be a shock for me. I mean, some people are saying they should go running back. If they took a running back in the first round, I would be stunned. I mean, absolutely stunned. Not only because there's been proof that you can find quality running backs in the middle rounds, but also that's not a huge team need at that juncture. So, we have a couple questions, Roland, and I went to the live chat and said, okay, you guys have any questions? Um, let's get to some of these, lands before we call it a show. Okay, do you think – here's someone, um, awesome stuff, 1983. That was a great year. That was the year I was born. Um, he put out a question about a package on whether we think it would be enough to go up and get Devin White. So here's his package here. He said, would our first – so we swap first-round picks – th- a third-round pick, a sixth-round pick this year – and next year's second, do you think that would be enough to go up into the top 10 and get Devin White? Do you want me to uh, say that again? Give you want me to say that again? Yeah. Okay. say was, that again. You swap first round picks. So you're giving up 20 to move up. You're giving the third round. I'm assuming that would be the Raiders pick, which is early in the third round. Or maybe it's their own. I don't know. So you're giving this year, you're swapping first, a third and a six, and then 2020 second round pick.
1: Um, I'll just say yes. I mean, that's a lot of compensation. Yeah.
0: Hell of a lot of compensation.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's that's a lot of compensation to do. Uh, not having the calculator in front of me, I'm trying to find it. I'm just going to say yes. Uh, and again, with the calculate with with the calculator, it's just a certain number of points you need to meet to jump into a certain selection. Now. It's fluid because you have to anticipate where you think he might be drafted. So it's more compensation if you want to get to number four. It's less if you want to get to number five, right. six, etc. Yeah. So it's hard to say. I'll just say yes to say yes. but it, But it's kind of hard to say what the compensation would be without knowing what pick they would have to jump into.
0: Well, if I think you have to get into the top 10, I think you would get to do that same package. I would say that the third round pick is not going to be the Raiders pick. I would give the Steelers third round pick, which would be the 20th pick of the third round. I'm not giving up that early third round picks. So I'd give up, I'd swap first, give our second third round pick and a six this year. I'm not touching 2020 picks, three picks like that. I feel like that would be enough to move up, but it all depends. you know. Think about last year when the Steelers tried to move up uh, to draft that linebacker from Alabama. They had to get in front of the Ravens to do so. The Ravens weren't about to do business with the Steelers. They ended up doing business with the Titans. Titans go up and get the guy. Hindsight's twenty twenty. He was hurt a ton. I don't even know if he played much this year. But at the same time, you have to have someone that's willing to trade that pick away. So keep that in mind, too. I mean, the Steelers, and this is something Dave Schofield brought up, when he we, we did our Thursday show, he said, "You have to remember the Steelers picking up Mark Barron was huge because now teams can't squeeze squeeze them in terms of saying we know you need an inside linebacker, so we're going to ask for more." They can so the Steelers can say, "Look, we've got a guy that can play. If you want to do a deal, we'll do a deal. If not, we'll wait." So they have a little bit of flexibility there. Okay. Let's do this
1: real. Let's do this real, pick, real, real quick, Jeff. Okay. What is the Steelers' uh, draft second round pick number?
0: Uh, whatever the twentieth pick in the second round is,
1: is it the?
0: So there's thirty-two teams. Thirty-two picks in the first round. That'd be fifty-two, wouldn't
1: it? Let's let's say it's fifty-two because I'm have I have a draft calculator up here now, and uh, let's see, it says the Steelers draft spots are set. Let's see. Let me give the exact number because what the pick calculator is trying to do is... So in the second round, you got it right, Jeff. It's the 52nd pick. You're not that bad at math as it is. There you go.
0: (laughs) Come on, man. Give me a little bit of credit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what it's saying here is to receive pick number 10, if the Steelers... And this is just how the calculator works. If they threw in their first rounder and their second rounder they would that would be enough value to move up to the 10th pick but but obviously they wouldn't give you their first and their second so let's see their third is a uh the 83rd let's see the 83rd and the 122nd so let's see 83rd i throw in the 83rd i calculate they would still so the so the 20th and the 83rd would almost give you the value to get pick number 10. So the compensation that he's giving is probably more too expensive to get the number 10 pick. The compensation that he's probably talking about probably gets you a top five pick.
0: And if you're moving up into the top five, this player better be darn worth it, if you know what I mean. I mean, he better be a guy that is ready to get out there and play from day one. And he he he's a guy that you're saying, look, we signed Mark Barron to just be a hybrid safety in our sub packages. That's what it should be. Now I'm not sure how far. Here's a question from Snow, who's been a snowman. He's been in our live chat all the time. How far would you trade up? Like, where where is the point where you say it's not worth it? And in the in the draft, Land. So you're like, okay, t- would it be tenth? Would it be five? I mean, how high are you willing to go?
1: I'm probably gonna say top 12. Okay. I'll All probably right. say top 12. I think it's probably a little too rich to get into the top 10.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. Um what about the Devin Bush? I know we haven't watched a lot of these guys uh but if if Devin White's gone, how high would you trade up for Bush? Uh considering you know a lot of people give him the knock that he's not tall, he's I think 5'11. He's very athletic uh almost as athletic as Devin White is. Would you I, I personally I'm not going higher than 15th for him. What are your thoughts on him?
1: I think that's about right. 15th. I mean I think that's about right. And I don't think you want to warp your draft to get too past, you know, top 12. So if I said top 12 with my previous answer, 15th seems about right. I mean some of the mocks that I've seen suggest he'll be around at that point. But the thing is, again, you don't have to compromise your entire draft if you can get a solid corner. If you it, and, it, and it'll depend on how they have these guys rated. So it could be they could have White, Greedy Williams, Bush, so you don't jump and you don't alter your board. I think you always should draft to your board, and hopefully your board slots itself to your needs.
0: I personally am probably in the minority here when I say – if let's say Devin White, Devin Bush are gone, you weren't able to move up, they're off the board. If you're not in love with any of the players that are available when, t- when the twentieth pick comes around, I am fine with trading back in the draft. So let's say a team that drafts early in the round, in round one, they want to get back into the first round for a specific player. Maybe it's a lineman, maybe it's uh, whatever position that the Steelers aren't necessarily coveting. If if they say, "Look, I'm gonna, we're gonna bounce back, we're gonna get a second, and maybe another third pick, another third round pick for our first round pick," I am I'm a guy that says, "I'm fine with it, absolutely," because you can find well, a I'm lot of talent.
1: I'm fine with that too. I think that's solid. They need a- Joes. Avoid, I mean, need Joe's. yeah.
0: Avoid Artie Burns 2.0. And that was you the guy you had targeted. William Jackson the Third goes the pick before you. You freeze. You don't know what to do, and so you just take the next cornerback on your, I guess, probably on your draft board, and we all know how that pans out. A giant bust. So you can't busto do that. exactly. So
1: is, is we'll he, he El Busto Part Two? Is he El Busto Part Two?
0: I'm gonna busto wait. See, I'm gonna wait and see how this year pans out, and see how it goes because I don't. I, I think it's a guarantee he's not gonna have his fifth year option picked up. But maybe, just maybe, he plays well enough that he makes the 53-man roster. El Busto 2.0 is if he doesn't make the roster. If he gets cut and Nate does not even make the the regular season roster, El Busto 2.0. No doubt about it. All right. Um, oh, my gosh. Lawrence says, would you trade for Rosen? Josh Rosen, and what pick would you use? No, I would not trade for Josh Rosen because I don't like Josh Rosen. In my opinion... Give me some Mason Rudolph before you go Josh Rosen. And Lance knows I like Mason Rudolph. Well, But listen, isn't Rosen a cow guy? No, he didn't play for Cal, did he?
1: No, No, come on, man. He played for UCLA. I hate UCLA. Uh, (laughs) I especially hate UCLA. No, he played for the baby bears. We are the we are we are the (laughs) cow bears. They are the Bruins. They are the baby bears.
0: Yeah. Um so, all right. Um, I think this has been a good show, and I do want to let listeners know because a lot of people were probably wondering, like, okay, well, what are you guys, what are your plans in terms of the show in the offseason? Clearly, leading up to the draft, we're going to be focusing on that. After the draft, we'll be analyzing that, seeing what, uh, predicting rosters and positionally stuff like that. We are going to have some shows that are specific for question and answer. All right, going to do shows that are just specific for. We want people on the live chat. We're going to put an article up on the website all about plain and simple, we'll answer your question. So that's going to be coming up. But with that said, Lance, is there anything you want to add before we call it a show today?
1: Oh, I thought I did, but I guess I thought I did, and it went right out of my mind. So if I think of it, it'll be on my yeah, I said it show.
0: Which is coming up this week, which want to tease that a little bit because I know it's already done. Hopefully you remember what you talked about.
1: We've seen a lot of guys get it right. I mean, excuse me, get it wrong in this social media climate and how they use social media as a platform. And we, we've saw we, and with A B and Lev Bell, we've just seen guys get it wrong in terms of how they purport themselves, how they how how they manage their own personal brand, not products or personal brands. And I just wanted to give props to Juju because Juju gets it. And that's that's what I want, that's what I'm talking about. On my next, yeah, I said it. Juju gets it. Juju it, it is how I think if you have the personality, you conduct yourself in the world of social media. Juju gets it. He's sage beyond his years, and that's why I think Juju will be a foundational piece for this organization moving forward.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, and especially with all this noise, he's been quiet. Have you noticed that? He's, exactly. Juju gets it. He gets it. Juju he gets, gets it. it. He can use, man. He does know how to utilize his platform as well. Because when it when it, the, when the lights are bright, he's doing all this crazy stuff. He's running routes in the mall with his friends. He's tailgating with, pay before the Patriots game. He's literally jumping the guardrail and going out to tailgates with fans at Heinz Field. You're right. He gets. I like that guy. As as John Gruden used to say in the booth, I like that guy. So, what is your tag here at the end of the show to tell tell everyone?
1: tune in tell a friend and subscribe
0: there you go tune in tell a friend and subscribe so make sure you do that youtube.com search btsc steelers radio as well as all our audio platforms anywhere you search for podcasts look for behind the or you can just search steelers and you'll find us as one of your first options make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything we'll see you next week on another episode of this